Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you so much. We have a great show lined up for you today with my very special Coach Ellen Wyoming Deloitte saying hello to the space between you. And this is what Ellen does. You know, she works with clients all over the world, looks at energy, the inner light, and helps understand this for for them and for ourselves. How do you build a personal cultivating way for us to each grow and accumulate what we've learned so that we can fully step into who we are? But if you're stuck by limiting beliefs, burnout, uncertainty, all of those things which give us gigantic potholes that we not only step in, but we literally set up home in our potholes and not even realize we're in our potholes. And so we need to figure out a way to get out. And one of the things and one of the messages certainly uh, from Ellen is we have to understand the in-between. What does that mean? And certainly, as the host of a show, The Pause on Transformation Talk Radio, this is the place of insight. This is the place where what we call magic happens. This is the place when you go back and you look at people that we put in the genius category, they've been there, right? Uh, And I talked about this in the last show, and I love this about Einstein, and I really do believe I know what he meant. You cannot solve the problem at the level it was created. And so today, get ready, perspective, framing, point of reference, all of the above, how do we get to the place we want to go as we move into the pause? Ellen, it's great to have you here. Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Pat. I'm really excited to be here today. Um. Let's try to understand this from a perspective of our everyday lives, right? You know, what does perspective mean in your world? And, and I want to talk about this because I just, I, I talked about this in the last show a little bit. I'm going to talk about it at my four o'clock show. I'm going to talk about Simone Biles. I'm going to talk about her from a different perspective of what we're reading. But for you... What does it mean when you're working with people to help them get to that space and and shift perspective? (sighs) So much. So this is, yes, let me try to answer the question, but I already have like 30, like 10 images in my mind that I want to like convey. And the biggest thing, the images being perspective, right? But the biggest thing being, so I'm fundamentally and came into my coaching world and my coaching life through facilitation. And in facilitation, I would convene groups, maybe it was eight, 10, 15, sometimes hundreds um, to get through something together. And when you're a facilitator and 
I really believe this is the backbone of my entire work in one-to-one coaching as well. When you're a facilitator, your perspective has to get as neutral as it can get because I have to hold and create a space and a container for the myriad voices, opinions, and points of view to be able to engage in something robust, something changing. I did a lot of work in diversity, equity, and inclusion. I did a lot of work for um, visioning and planning for economic development, community development. There was a lot of uh, energy always around what people wanted to say. And the more intense the conversation, the more charged the room was. My job was to go, what do I see and how do I not react to it, but be clear with where my space is? Because my role in that situation as a facilitator and a coach is to be as objective and space and container holding as possible so that what needs to be aired can be aired. And I'm not sucked into it because it can be charged, especially when you start to talk about race or racism, right? How can you, how can I see the energy of what's happening and have my space from it so that I can help navigate what people are working through because they're so rooted in the emotion of the story or they're so rooted and sometimes lost in their body's reaction to what's happening that they can't get perspective, right? That's the difference. Like perspective is like, is it the perspective of you in your emotion, in the feeling, in the story, and you're kind of carried on that wave? Or is it that you're getting space from all of those inputs and you have perspective to see things a little bit more clearly for what they are and maybe the arc of it. So you can kind of figure out with a little bit more groundedness, how to put yourself back into the fray or how to navigate it. And for me, it was always how to help pinpoint lights of clarity so people could hear, especially if they were not hearing each other, right? How can I rephrase it so they can hear it and they can hear it and go, okay, we have different viewpoints, but here are some commonalities or here is really where we fundamentally do have to agree to disagree because it is so different and we are so nuanced as humans. There are great general overarching stories that we share as humans, but then we're also still anchored in our own reality and living our life the way it is. And depending on where people are, like that's, that's it. And I think the beauty of gaining perspective is the beauty of giving yourself space to step back so you're not lost in it. So you have more control for how you respond. And, you know, one of the things that I'm struck by, and we're going to be talking about it tonight, is, you know, I'm looking at sort of how things are playing out. People are focused on the Olympics right now. Um, Not everybody in the world is focused on them, but, you know, most people know they're going on and you're looking at different things. And, of course, you know, in the headlines is uh, all about Simone Biles and it's all about and and honestly, some of the comments that are being made, uh, the Attorney General of Texas had to walk back his comment. But what people don't know, and this is really interesting, she's literally on the journey you just described. Oh, yeah. She's in it. She's, she's on in it. Creation. She's in it. She's mm-hmm. in it. And she's having to deal with, and people don't know this, the entire Olympic Committee abandoned her. It just, I mean, she's over there just cheered on. For those of you that don't know who won all the all around, you can Google it. But she cheered on her teammates. And yet people are trying to understand exactly what you just talked about. And and I want to ask you about this in the context of this, because she's a gymnast and she experienced something that we know 
where she can't compartmentalize. It's called the twisties. What we don't realize is every day we go through this. She just happened to be pointing out an experience as a top world, the number one, you know her. She is demonstrating what millions of people, and I just want to talk about the United States, millions of people in the United States are experiencing now with no way to find support. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They don't know how to move into that space of the pause. What is the impact from that, from your perspective? What are you seeing? What kind of help are people asking for, Ellen? Oh, I mean, what are some of the things all people fundamentally want? We want peace. We want liberty to be ourselves. We want freedom to be expressing ourselves. And we want love. I feel like those are the fundamental four things that people want. I facilitated a group a couple months ago. It was my first in-person, and I was really honored to be asked to do it. It was a group of long-term survivors of HIV. And um, I came in, and the topic, they had like a series of kind of guest hosts for their weekly meetings, and their topic that they wanted to talk about, what's the meaning of life? And we really centered in on that because, I mean, this is a group of people who has been through everything. And they're trying to like grasp like some of the pieces of like going through the pandemic as well and being hypersensitive around exposure and making sure that they're safe, like that they were, you know, they're like, what is the meaning of all of this? And I was actually like, I was actually a little bit laughing. So I was like, I don't know if I'm the one to facilitate your meaning of life conversation. I'm about 20 years younger than most of the people in the room. This is a group of people who were around during the AIDS crisis in the 1980s, right? And the 1990s. And I just was, I just wanted to hold the space, but they had such beautiful capacity for perspective and they cut through the fat so fast and they got into peace. They got into liberty to be themselves they got into freedom to like be in the world and then love. And we ended up just talking through those themes. And it was so beautiful because perspective can take any lens, right? You can have the space, but if you can't figure out how to just find blank space, because you need something to hold on to, you can find a theme with which to start to view your world, right? We can go put on our glasses. These are my love glasses today. Right. I'm going to start looking at the, through the theme of love to try to identify how to have space away from the charge of the negativity that is going on yeah. around something else. And yeah. I don't mean Pollyanna it. I'm not saying to do Pollyanna, but I'm saying to take a step back, look with different lenses, choose a theme you'd wish you'd wish to see it through and then start to pick up. I had this thought earlier this week. I did an episode on it about. Oh yeah, I did it on the pause. I did it on Tuesday. Was um, how do you start to go underneath the story? And like a, a set of lenses for some perspective can help you start to see what are the rocks in the way on the path. And it's not really even about the rock. It's just that that hurdle hits you into something that you creates a reaction in you. And then it's getting curious about the reaction and where that first reaction happened. Maybe even in your life, right? So it takes. It takes all this effort. There is effort and intention to start to build perspective. But once you start to build it, it's like a muscle. And it's much easier to slip into different lenses and perspectives and building space over time. And that's really the coaching work that I do is like I help people build a practice in getting space and perspective. So they don't need a coach for, you know, six, there, there are people like, oh, you need a coach for like a year work with me for, I'm like, yes, maybe possibly. I haven't worked with them, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm big on fast results and impact and practice and come back to me when you need a tune up. That's kind of where I'm at. 
And that's how I view building that process. I don't know if I answered the question exactly. You did answer the question. And, you know, I want to bring it around, skip this, this break for a minute. I want to bring it around because uh, I, I think that for people like me and, you know, and I don't think I'm alone. I hear this a lot. And I think there's so many people out there now that fit into this, 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 this space right now where we're having to change our perspective, right? We're having to change our perspective on who we are. If you look at statistics right now, Ellen, there's a case study, case study after case study coming out where hotels, like a hotel in Missouri, opened their doors up and said, okay, people come back to work. Like 40 people come back to work. They did not come back to work. None of them, like zero, right? So we had a perspective that uh, if I build it, they will come. No, if you build it the same way, they will not come. They will not come. They will not come. Right. And somehow they had probably had some genius on their management staff say, no, build it differently. They changed the rates. They gave them benefits. Now, what they don't say in the study is if the 40 people that worked there came back, but they fill those 40 positions. They had to change their perspective. And the reason I'm focusing on Biles right now is I hope that she becomes a spokesperson for looking at where we are with our mental conditions. And I don't think this is just about the stress from gymnastics. I do believe that we missed the boat. You know, the United States missed the boat. We're not like other countries. You know, our perspective is we have support teams here. Look, how many events do you have where you know you're going to take your child? You know, these are people that have had support teams with them. And then one day they're on a plane to Tokyo wearing masks and they don't. And I think that the perspectives didn't change. You know, we tried to approach this as the old normal. Do do you see what I'm trying to say? A hundred percent. Yeah. There's an organization that's hired me to work with their team on this going, it's like, it's very literal. It's on going back into the workplace, right? Because they've obviously been hundred percent remote for the past about 18 months. They're going into return to work starting like September coming in person. And I'm, it's, it's not the entire agency that I'm working for, but it's a department within it. And it's this wonderful supervisor. So if anyone who's listening is in charge of a team of people, it is well worth the effort and time to bring somebody in to talk through the anxiety the fear to say hello to what each person is experiencing and to sort of map it out and then to look at the conditions that are being created. Because this is a giant organization with a top-down policy and they are very like, we're so excited to have you back. Here's the guidelines, one, two, three. And none of it is implementable because of the nuances of how people have been working. And especially this team in particular has a number of people that joined the organization during COVID. So they've never actually gone in and met their colleagues in person. And so it's really navigating, creating welcoming, belonging spaces that respect and honor everyone's mental health and well-being. And also now, because I think we've taken a big leap forward in terms of 
yes, the expectations we can have for support in our workplace so that we are seen and cared for. I don't think every workplace is getting this, but I do think that there are a lot that are making big advances forward. And I feel really fortunate to be participating in one of them who's, who's bringing in someone like me to do this work with their team. I'm even helping them build out in the fall their new upstream conflict resolution processes for how do we deal with conflict within ourselves because of the new conditions we're in. And it's not going to be as easy as walking next to the desk over there to just chat it out. Yeah. What's our new process going to be so that we don't get into these awkward, and everyone knows what I mean, it's like awkward workplace relationships, right? And this is, again, I feel really fortunate. They're, they're well, they're well coordinated and they're very relationship oriented and it supports their product and their project and process management. Yeah. Like they're very effective because they've invested in support, belonging and relationships. Yeah. And Ellen, this is what we're talking about. I want everybody to know this show right here, this episode with uh, Ellen Wyoming Deloitte. Uh, this is about saying hello to space between you. Um, I want to take a minute, but I want to continue without a break. I want to take a minute and I, you're talking about working with organization, but I want to stop. How do people find out about you? Tell them about your show. And I want to pick this up where you left off with that organization. But before we do, Tell folks how they can work with you, but also how they can find out more about you. Okay, thanks. I'm so, I'm still really bad at self advertising. Uh, that's why I'm here. <laughs> I'm really good at promoting everybody but myself. People don't even know my last name. So let's them find out about you. I think uh, Benny knows my last name, maybe. <laughs> Um, so I have a website. You can find me most easily there. And I will advise it's a work in progress. It's still a little bit mess on mobile. So go on your desktop, but I'll link you a mobile thing in a second. Um, so ellenwyomingdeloy.com is where you'll find me. Um, you can find me on Instagram and that's a good spot to find the quick links for everything. It's just at Ellen underscore Wyoming on Instagram and in the link tree, you'll get access to my website, the pause, my show on um, Dr. Pat's network, and then also my podcast. I have another one, Inner Light with Ellen, that I just produce on my own because I can't stop talking, apparently. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, and there's a there's places to book. So what the way that I work, if you're an individual or an organization looking for support, is I do a 30-minute free consultation because it has to be a good fit. I have very specific criteria for clients. Um, we have to be in alignment with one another. I'm I, I'm not in I'm in, I'm not in this to just get as many people as possible into my into my work. Um, I'm here to meet the people who are really matching up to how I approach coaching, how I approach facilitation, organizational development to build something together. I'm very relationship oriented. Most of my work actually comes through word of mouth. And so it's very relationship oriented. But those are the places to find me. Does that, did I say them all? I think I said You them got them all. Okay. Uh, and uh, let's pick up. Look, uh, I play a sport called table tennis, so I'm watching it very closely and I have to get an app to watch it. I really love watching the Olympics. I really love people, you know, getting to where they are. But I want to talk about it from your perspective now. And how do you build and get perspective on our stories, feelings, and emotions? One of the things I'm really struck by, and and I and I worry about it, not like really worry, but I think about it. And I think about the fact, and it's not just Simone Biles. I mean, you know, about a half hour ago, if you follow my sport of table tennis, there's enormous, just enormous um, issues around table tennis and COVID-19. 
you know, and, and athletes having it, right? Just enormous issues around this. And there's just a lot of conversation about it. But I'm also struck by the fact that there was a perspective change. And that was, I'm not able to compete. And I want my team to have an opportunity to, to shine. And I, I'm thinking about that perspective. And yet there's a storyline that goes with it that talks about Biles and her mental state. So it's very difficult to have the other perspective, Ellen, where I stepped back so my team can excel. Now, did that play out? Absolutely. How did it play out? When you look at what happened with Suni Lee, who as of this moment won the gold all around, it played out. It played out where Biles cheering your teammate on who had the perspective, I need to step back so I don't bring the whole team down. But that may not be the perspective of the world. Help us talk about how we build a different perspective in our stories, because that is the perspective changing that is happening around that event. I think for ourselves, a big part of that is where you're sitting with uh, the word judgment. Because if you have, and all of us have a lot of, I'm just going to assume, especially in Western culture, a lot of us have a lot of judgment kind of running through us. Uh, it's been thrown at us. We judge ourselves incredibly. Um, I think that people who are inclined naturally to want to help serve and like heal others carry a lot of their own also like self-punishment energy in a weird way. Um, and in a way like to get release from that is the service and the doing good to kind of relieve from that burden. And and then in turn, it can have this interesting shadow side where if others aren't doing something similar, there's judgment also. And so relating it to Simone Biles, yes, but also to relating it into just the perspective when someone takes a step, yeah. Simone took a step and she took a step back, but it was also, if you think about it, it was a spiritual step forward, right? That's really what I want. That's, that's the conversation I'm going to have tonight. Yeah. So she, she took her ego and she's, she's brilliant, right? She's on the leading edge of this. She took her ego out of the picture. She looked at the comprehensive narrative for the bigger part of the thing she's a part of. And she took a step back and that energy was able to redirect forward. It doesn't really matter what the rest of the world thought because she's having her growth, her team is having the growth. They're all the effect of that energy in a really good way. The rest of the world now is being challenged to say, hmm, I'm in judgment or hmm, I'm in support. And then they get to go and investigate their perspective on how they're using judgment or objectivity and neutrality to view something. And I know commentators, everyone, we need a <laughs> must be judgmental but if you're going to do it in the privacy of your own home and heart and mind take a step back so that you can just assess how you're viewing the situation and where that voice came from is it really yours does it feel good I mean I know it can feel very good to be hoity-toity up on your high horse and saying things I have enjoyed it many times in my life but it the the consequences of it for me are no longer worth it no. And, uh, you know, I want to talk about perspective here in a minute uh, when we come back from break. 
because one of the things that, you know, if you are following the Olympics or you are following something else, you know, there are different perspectives and stories that we can tell ourselves. I have to tell you one of the things I've done, uh, and I'd love for you to comment on it because when we come back, because I've tried to reach out to my political party and I've tried to say to them, stop sending these kinds of emails. Oh, yeah. And, and I've been trying to... The polarizing try- ones? Huh? <laughs> the polarizing ones? The ones that, like... I got an email the other day and it was like, oh my God, you know, we're going to lose these two seats. You're going to lose your right to breathe. You're going to, and I'm like, I'm reading it and I'm thinking. Fear, 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 fear. Way to and, propagate and, fear. and I wrote back to him and I said, and now I'm calling him and here's what I'm saying. I'm saying, listen, dudes, if you, if those two seats go, don't look at me not contributing my $5 what the heck are you people doing? And it's just interesting how I had that reaction to it all of a sudden. It's like email after email after email about fear. And I asked myself, is that the building blocks we want to have here is fear people into something? When we come back, what happens when fear enters the pause? The fear pause. That's a good one. What happens when that happens? How do you break free of it? How do you get a different story and a different perspective? And by the way, you can change your story, but Ellen's going to tell us about that. We're going to take a short break, everybody. When we come back, congratulations to Suni Lee. Congratulations to her being motivated by her dad. Congratulations to her for turning that story around, changing her perspective. And remembering what got her there. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Did you know that each Enneagram type has a different worldview, different patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving? They also have essential qualities that are unique to their type. Understanding this helps us develop more tolerance, respect, and appreciation for ourselves and others. Renee Siegel works with individuals, couples, families, and groups using the Enneagram to build better relationships as a tool in addiction recovery. Visit URPurePotential.com for more info. Are you feeling the complexity of life? Do you feel that urge to step into something greater? Tune in to Nailed It Radio. Find your simplicity within your complexity with me, life coach, Carrie Nail. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com to discover what it means to use your full power to be the best version of yourself. Imagine stepping into the energy of saying yes to yourself and knowing you nailed it. For more information about me, visit CarrieNail.com. Are you ready to experience full body system wellness? Tune in to the Empower Me Show with Pam Bright, a spiritual toolbox for your life. Embrace the fullness of who you are as a spiritual being having a human experience. Pam Bright is a multidimensional healer, light language channel, energy intuitive, and spiritual transformation coach. Join her for a rich conversation about how to unlock all your spiritual gifts. Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. Can't get enough of Eye of Soul Radio? Join psychic medium Jamie every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Take a deeper look at the raw side of spirit. Nothing is off limits. 
connect with lost loved ones and explore these vulnerable subjects with the compassionate guidance of psychic medium Jamie. You are not alone. Eye of Soul, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, only on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Are you ready to branch out? Take a leap of faith. Tune in to Get Rooted Radio with Erica Gifford-Mills on TransformationTalkRadio.com to equip, empower, and enlighten yourself. Erica will energize and excite you to power up your passionate dream that sets your soul on fire. So get fearlessly ready and get powerfully rooted in your yes to live it up, love it up, and let it go. Visit GetRootedRadio.com. Fear entering the pause. P-A-U-S-E. Did I spell that right? P-A-U-S-E. Yeah. Did I get that right? Jamie, yeah. are, Jamie you spelling that right? Jamie's yep. like, are you going to make me talk on radio? Yes, Jamie. <laughs> Love them. Uh, Jamie's one of our new producers. And, you know, you, you, you know, I was talking about them during a the break. You actually forget she's here. <laughs> start talking about your team and like, oh my gosh, they're running the show. Um, but I did, uh, before we jump ahead, Ellen, uh, you know, I, I want people to know how to work with you and talk with you because there are three things that are really important right now. One is we have to understand that the way we were eight months ago may not work. The rules of the game that we're trying to apply may not work. Hence, the reason that you see the United States of America not getting all the gold medals because we tried to apply a normal that once existed to a situation that doesn't exist anymore. They should have hired you. <laughs> that'll be my big that'll be my big growth period when that happened. And, and the third thing is, you know, what are we doing to uh, eradicate the the level of fear? that we have right now. And before we go there and talk about when fear enters the pause, um, how do people find out about you? Tell us about, you know, what you're doing, how they can work with you and literally how they can change their story. Okay. Um, I work with people one-to-one in a coaching context. They often come to me through a professional lens first, but I'm comprehensive. So we work together in the whole picture of the life. Um, I work a lot in my style. I'm an energetic and intuitive coach. And so my whole existence is about reading between the lines of the story that we're telling to get to the root of the emotion beneath it so we can identify if it's working or not for us. And then tools to shift it so that you literally can move forward in like a different way. Um, and that's my one-to-one -one work. And then we can just kind of apply that up a level to like a macro and into organizations. And I work mostly with small teams, um, often agencies, government agencies, actually, and, and helping to build more clarity. Well, sometimes internally, so with their internal team, because you can't 
do good service if your house isn't in order. So there are some teams that hire me to help them with organizational work so that they are better in their delivery to their communities, particularly to make sure all communities are reached. And then I do the bridge building work between um, historically oppressed and marginalized communities and agencies to make sure plans and policies and process um, not only don't impact them adversely, but benefit them when they have been left behind for so many decades, centuries. Um, and so that's that's how I work in the organizational context. Um, I'm also starting to do keynote speaking. So that's coming up this fall. Beautiful. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's you time can... for us to get back out there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's time for us to get back out there. That means we got to get on the treadmill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just totally right. But, you know, these are very interesting times. Uh, and I want to talk about perspective. You know, I've been talking about a couple of my table tennis buddies call me some of the people I know. And, you know, and they found out I got two new knees. And they're really like, That's Oh, great. right. So my perspective was, wow, I'm going to get a whole bunch of things done that I never thought I'd have the time to get done. But we're talking about entering this place where fear starts to take hold. Now, I keep referencing the Olympics because I'm watching fearlessness at a lot of levels. Oh, my God. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So there's a gymnast nobody's probably going to talk about after this Olympic. And I want to say when Carrie had to step in for Simone Biles, you know, we're talking about somebody that never thought she'd get to be on the platform. I wonder what she did to shift her perspective, because when it got to the individuals today, you know, this is somebody that scored a 15-2 on the vault, uh, close to the Brazilian who got a 15-3. This is somebody that was your alternate. They don't even give her the same outfit. They give her like a different color. What's that about? I don't. What is that about? given your alternates. It's just the craziest thing for me that I'm all of a sudden noticing. Um, but she didn't let fear hit the pause. That's not generally what we see. We're seeing something about fear. Tell us what happens when fear steps into that space that is so sacred. Yeah. Well, I want to reference really quickly the gymnasts, right? Yeah talk about training at a high level for a long time and working through all of this. Like what we get to see as the audience at the Olympics is the show after decades of rehearsal or years of rehearsal. Cause they're not that old. They're not decades old. <laughs> and, and, and the work that they've done, and I'm sure that they'll have to continue to do because they are, some of them are still so young in their careers that they'll have other careers after this, that they'll have to work through things but they have this honing and this trust. And I think a big part of it, honestly, from an athletic standpoint, that's very helpful is that they are so in their body and they have to build such trust with their body and, and uh, communication with it that you and I, who, you know, maybe we're casual joggers, even runners, right? Like I'm a, I'm a casual exerciser. I used to exercise a lot, but I, and I love my relationship with my body. I do lots of yoga at this point, but it's, it's another level entirely when you're competing that way. And because they're so tuned into their instrument, right? Their instrument being their body, they have the visualization techniques to get into the state that they need to be in to perform, right? So what we're looking at is their practice. And I highlight all of this, not to intimidate people, 
but to say that it is a practice. If you, you don't have to go join the Olympic gymnast team, but you do have to commit yourself to saying, I'm going to work at getting space and perspective and learning how to clear the fear. Let's just call it that, right? Clear the fear, clear the clutter yeah. from my space that's not working. And I can talk more, but I feel like you've got, you've got a thought. So I want to wait a second. Here's the thought. We're seeing things happen, not just on the Olympic stage, but across the world. We're seeing heroes show up. You know, we're seeing people, and, and let's talk about this from, and let's not lose sight. You know, clearly the Olympics is on my mind. You know, I found out that my grandfather was born in Brazil. So that was an interesting awakening oh. for me. Like, okay, it was the secret in my family, right? And then you get this ancestry thing. And you're looking and you're saying, what? That cannot be real. My grandfather in Brazil. So what is that about? So I pay attention to Brazil now. So here's what I want to talk about. We are really clearing, you know, clearing the way to try to understand what the amazing heroes have been in the past 18 months. And I just hope we don't stop talking about them. I just hope we don't stop talking about what people did to step up to save lives. But this woman, this Rebecca Andrade, this Brazilian woman, right, that nobody would be talking about now, right, if Simone Biles was in. So we got this Brazilian woman that now steps up, almost won the gold, like by a small, you know, sneeze, didn't win it. The first South American to ever medal in gymnastics. And when you look at her story, she had three knee injuries, operations. It COVID, talk about change of perspective. If COVID didn't delay the Olympics, she wouldn't have been in it. And so here we are. She qualified at a last chance, finished 14th. And because of the pandemic, here she is. And as of today, she finished second. But boy, if you watched her perform, I wonder what she had to do to change her perspective about how she felt about her knees and bodies. So let's talk about how we change our perspective about how we feel about ourselves right now post-COVID, if you don't mind. Yeah. And I hope you don't mind this. I have a Portuguese phrase that I read on a graffitied wall when I was in Brazil that has been in my mind ever since. When was that? I must have been 22 or 23 when I saw this. I lived in Brazil for a short time. And the phrase, it's like seriously this thing I've memorized and it's all about what we're talking about. O que você faria se você não tivesse medo? And that means, what would you do if you didn't have fear? And there's my Portuguese skills 20 years later. <laughs> And I'm trying to learn it. Yeah. You know, my friends are saying, you got to learn Portuguese. I'm saying, okay, I'm trying to learn it. But yeah. the point that we're making is we get to choose how we move forward in life. Can you talk about that point? Because yeah. this is a pivotal part of our conversation today. Thank you know, you. it's not about the Olympics. It's not about Simone Biles. But let's talk about what we might see, what our perspectives might show us. What happens when you have a vision about something that seems so far out of the range of what you create? Can you hold it? What do you do? So here's a perspective about all of that. 
So here, here's how I do it. I, I like to personify two things and they're related to each other, fear and resistance. And I give them characters because I can get my space with them and laugh at them a little bit. And I will be annoying right now and I will give you the voices that I give them. So fear is this little voice just hanging out going, hey there, I'm noticing you're about to go do something. I've got your best interest at heart. I'm just going to take the wheel here. Okay, you go sit in the, in the passenger seat or the back seat's even safer, honey. Get back there. So like that's fear. Fear is taking over to put you in the back seat because it is on high alert all the time for everything happening. And I apologize. That was a really annoying voice. Um, <laughs> but that's what fear is doing. It's putting you in the back seat because it thinks that it's keeping you safe. And here's what fear's mechanism really is. It's protecting the ego. Okay. Your ego can't get hurt. We don't like it getting hurt. We don't like being in, not being in the in crowd. We don't like being ostracized. We don't like being judged or called out. So fear this little, and I imagine it kind of as this small squat little midget, like of a tiny cartoon blob, right? With like big eyes and it looks sweet. It's pink. It has a bow in its, you know, hair and it is manipulating you into safety and smallness. So you stay safe. And when I look at fear and I kind of talk to myself, like, what am I afraid of? Oh, it's jumping in the driver's seat and it's shoving me back here. And this is why it's much, and I, I can laugh at it because it's so silly because I know there's not a lion in the jungle that's going to eat me. That's when fear is very helpful. I do not want to be eaten by the lion in the jungle or the tiger in the jungle. She's going to tear my body apart and I won't be alive anymore. Like most of those fears are well-founded. Um, but when they play into like taking a step for your life and then you're hitting some kind of resistance, which is its cousin, it's just like, and I imagine that is like the big dopey Muppet that's like, whoa, I just happened to be sitting down over here. Uh, did you run into me? Sorry. And he like meant to sit down in front of you because he's just like that. Like that's what resistance is to me. And so if I kind of look at them and I'm like in my mental visualization of these cartoon characters, you now have an insight into my Muppet brain. It's like, okay, I have to pick them up because I'm bigger than both of them, right? And I just pick them both up and I kind of plop them back into the back seat where they're necessary. I'm like, resistance, one day I'll need you to show up and get in the way of a car accident. That's fine. Like, let's divert traffic so no one gets hurt. Totally fine. Fear, if there really is a tiger that's stalking me, I'm going to have you take the wheel and go into action. But right now I'm in control. Both of you buckle up and button up. And that's, that's this personification piece because that's what it is. And the key there, if you didn't notice, was humor. I made them ridiculous. I made fear and resistance absolutely ridiculous. And I like to take a step back and look at them and go, wow, you're really messing with me today. And you have whipped me around like I'm the tail of the, the, tail of the dog or however that phrase goes where you're the <laughs> thing that happened. And I'm not interested in experiencing that for the next week and a half about this thing. So let's go have our little conversation. So I'll literally, literally be like sitting in a meditation and I'll start talking to them. Because if I can talk to them, I can kind of decode what they're in the way of. And sometimes it's quite profound, right? It's like, well, that one time when you were little and this thing happened and you were so heartbroken, honey, I'm just protecting you from that. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, I'm a grown up now and I can parent myself. So thank you so much. I love you. Go in the backseat. And that's a really fun way to think about it. I don't necessarily, and I'm sorry, in my coaching sessions, I don't sit and do all the voices. I promise I'm doing it to illustrate a point here. I don't want you to be afraid. I won't go all nasal on you. I promise. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah. you know, one of the things we are talking about is we all have those personas, you know, we all have them within us. And you know, what you actually was able, you were able to demonstrate is how sometimes they really sound. They may not sound exactly like that. Oh, they may sound differently, it. but they do. You know what, what I love about what we're talking about is they come at us in different ways to try to get into, get us into a space where we're willing to throw the towel in. And, you know, what I mean by that is sometimes you got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them. That's different than what I'm talking about now. You know, there are times and many of them where our mission is to move forward. And I want to ask you, how does the pause help us put ourselves into action? And again, you know, these, these Olympic women had to step up. Carrie never thought she'd be in the game. You know, Suni Lee, of course, who did win the gold by like a fraction uh, right above the Brazilian gymnast who was never supposed to be in the Olympics. But when you're given that opening, how does the pause help us put our plan into action even when we have to make major adjustments? It's that old saying, right? Go slow to go fast. <laughs> I mean, can I just give it to you in that simple of an answer? The pause yeah. is making yourself slow down so you don't blunder through those same mistakes. Yeah. If you can't stop and check the patterning of what you're running on autopilot, and it takes a little bit of consciousness to realize that there are things going in autopilot and you can't catch them until you slow down. And let me tell you how uncomfortable it is to slow down. We all know how hard it was last year to just suddenly come to a grinding halt. Yeah, grinding. Right? But as we're kind of moving back forward, things are popping open, going under again. It's, it's a very weird space that we're in right now, but we're used to the fact that there's some resistance residually in, in the, in the, on the planet. I'll just call it that for our, our ability to go fast use that time. The resistance may have happened to you, the pandemic happened to you, but you can get really intentional with that slowdown and go, okay, that resistance monster called the pandemic, it's bigger and less cute than the one for myself when I want to just start my own business. But it's making everything, it's like a, if anyone has ever been on a boat, right? And you're going down river and you have to eddy out. When you eddy out, you go to the side of the river where the water is actually reverse circulating, or there's a, you can even pause mid river if there's a big rock and you're not going to run into it. There's usually an eddy behind a big rock where there's still water because the motion is different. You're just pulling over a little bit. You're not getting out of the river. You're not going up and changing your mode of transportation. You're just eddying out for a minute to give your body a break, to have a snack, to take a drink of water, maybe to stop and fish for a while. Use the space that you have to do an assessment of what is coming up for you. What is bothersome? What is um, tricky? I have a client I worked with her yesterday and she's like, I hate being early to things because then I'll sit there for 10 minutes and I'll feel like I'm wasting my time. I need to maximize my time all the time. But she's trying to like up-level her business and have it be more awesome for the next 10 years. And I'm like, but you don't like this hamster wheel you're on perpetually. So let's talk about your resistance to being early. So you have 10 minutes of space. That was her homework for the week. Honestly, it's like, you have to go practice earliness and sitting with the discomfort of stillness to identify what you're avoiding. Right. Yeah. Ellen, one of the things I love, and you know, I want to bring it back around to this is, you know, this idea that 
if we actually enter the pause, if we actually slow down, you know, to, to finish, you, there is this place that we have to plug into, which is a place of trust, uh, of faith, and of hope uh, for that space. And, and I know you do work with people on that, because once we get to that and are able to do it, and we see that first result, right? Then we build up, oh, I know to do this again. Yeah. And I, that's the experience I had last night, you know, when Jessica, myself, and Linda were speaking. It was, we have to slow down. We have to slow down. You know, we have to look at certain things that, of course, must be done here. But the three of us, we are the ones that slow down. We have to create the space for other people to be able to live in the pause. And if we are just relentless, because we know how close we are to finishing a vision, we're not going to be able to help the other people come along. And I think that's what you're talking about. If you take this analogy and put it into the family unit, this is where I think we really need to become aware. Right? I'm just nodding my head and you might be able to hear my daughter who's having a bit of a temper tantrum in the other room. Oh, way. is that right? <laughs> oh. She's with um, my, my husband's out there, but I'm like, oh, I hope the mic isn't picking up that noise. Ah. <laughs> but then you're just right in the middle of what I'm saying, because mm -hmm. this is the thing we don't know how to do. This is the area that if we don't keep talking about this for all of us here, you know, we are Olympians in our own right. You know, we have just come through a, a, an Olympian size transformative event, global and otherwise, and we were not trained for it, but we did it. And now there's this place now where people are not the same. And yet we just want to try to be the same. I think this is where that body of work where you do comes in because we have to figure out a different story. Yeah, and I really like the the vein you're going in around create like allowing yourself to create a new narrative. And if we relate this to the home, Briefly, there's already a story that most parents have already, if they were already parents before the pandemic, they already know it because they had to go through a transformation when they became parents. And that took for me about two years to understand what this like new identity that I was in. My kids are four and seven now. And it took me a while to be like, oh, I was this and now I'm this and this. How do these two commingle? And this is honestly a spot a lot of, of parents of younger children are still wrestling with because there's so much to do. There's busyness. And even the pandemic was hard because it was shifting how they were busy. And then now that things are opening again, like I, I took my kid to preschool and my other kid to camp. And then like she came back from preschool and it's just like this already in post COVID times, but we're practiced with adopting a new identity, whether we get drugged through the mud to do it and have a hard time becoming a parent. And that's okay. That happens because we don't have the same kind of role modeling that we may have had in older times with like more of a standard way to do things. It's harder to find the narratives that fit us, but we still create them. And this is kind of like all of us rebirthing in this other way. And we, but we have 
processes we've done before. And if we take the moment to pause and think about when was the last time I had to go through something really challenging and difficult? How did I change? Was it when I went to college and I was the first one in my family to go to college? And what were the tools that worked and didn't work for me to get through that process? And what would I have done differently? Can I take any of those lessons consciously and apply them to today and try something new to see how I'm meeting like my discomfort? Because like when I went to college, I was very shy and I didn't, I was like, I'm outgoing obviously, but I'm an introvert also. And so it was hard for me that first semester to connect warmly and closely with like the two people I knew I would need in my like college life. And and thinking about post-pandemic, going back out into the working world and realizing, oh my gosh, I am going to get overstimulated again if I'm in bigger crowds because my energy gets really high when it's like that. And it's hard for me to come down, but it's like, there are so many tools I've learned since then to do that in this pandemic because it was such an acute, abrupt shift. It's like asking me to go practice it more. I did it before. I can do it again. And here's how I can tweak it. And it just takes the wherewithal to remember that we all have it within us to do it. And then you have to create the space to practice it, which is the hardest part. That's the hardest part. Just like 10 minutes a day, do your thing. What was it? Was it journaling and reflecting? Was it meditating? Was it just doing breath work or tapping? Was it taking a half an hour for an online yoga class? Was it going to yoga for, you know, the studio that hopefully for you did not close? My two favorite studios closed, but all those pieces, right? So much shifting and changing. I don't know if I'm getting at all of the well, it's, it's. I mean, I'm, th- I'm talking about it now. Yeah. You know, I, I'm getting calls from people that are, are talking to me and saying, have any of the clubs, uh, table tennis clubs open? And, you know, my answer is, yeah, Jin Lee's club, Seattle Table Tennis has stayed open. And, you know, then the next question, are people wearing masks? And it's like, you know, you, you go and you look for what fits, but these are questions we've not, never had to ask ourselves. And we're forgetting about it. You're seeing in the play it out on the Olympics. You're seeing people being given masks. You're seeing them look at each other, try to hug each other. But there's always this question now, who am I hugging? And you're watching the rise in COVID cases just shoot up in the Olympics. And so this is a factor. This is part of who we are right now. Right. This is it. It's the awkward experimentation phase. It's a new deal. Yeah. And I find myself, we're supposed to wear masks as I walk into the hall. And I went to the hall and went to the restroom before the show and I didn't have my mask. And I just, I, I caught myself about it because we're not back to the normal we were. Mm -hmm. And I had to pause before I walked through the door to the general lobby yeah. We're being asked to pause. And thanks to you, we're learning how to do it. Ellen, please tell folks how they can find out about you and what's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with today? Well, one of the things I want to leave with is that if you're interested in clearing out the stuff that clutters up the space that gets in your way when you want to pause. I'm gearing up for a workshop in September. It's a collaboration with a friend of mine who is the director and acting and performance coach, but there's a striking amount of overlap and it's for everybody. Um, And you can follow me on Instagram to keep up with that at Ellen underscore Wyoming. And you can also go sign up for my newsletter via the link in the bio and Instagram, or just go right to my website, ellenwyomingdeloy.com. All I got to say is Yahoo. Uh, And thank you so much, Ellen, for everything you're doing. Thank you for reminding all of us about what we're capable of. And I'm so glad they're hiring you 
in organizations. I can't even tell you how important that body of work is. Thank you for doing all that you do. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and having the space to pause and have this conversation with you. <laughs> I love that. Everybody, let's find that space to pause right now. All right, everybody, stay tuned to know their show coming up on Transformation Talk Radio. We'll see you next time.